Buenas noches y bienvenidos a Hutton Orbital Radio, lo más delicioso que vas a consumir un jueves por la noche. Uniéndose a nosotros en el estudio esta noche, tenemos a la dama que dice, me gusta, a las cosas más letales de la galaxia. Una mujer que ha convertido las peleas con sartenes en una forma de arte. Una piloto que puede disculparse con cualquier cosa, en cualquier lugar, cualquier momento. Un bigote sensible animado y, finalmente, el maestro de todas las costuras. Así que, seguimos con el espectáculo. Nuestros micrófonos están activos. Hola, mi nombre es viejo hijo de puta grosero. Oh, okay, we're doing it like that, are we? Well, mi amo, mi dedo servirá. Soy la oficial de disculpa y lo siento mucho, mucho. Mi nombre es, el nombre es Al Dabas. Y tengo bigote. That's cheating. That's not your name. Y yeah, but if we translate his name, it it's very rude. Well, so is mine. Wrong kind of knockers. Use the brass case. Oh, that's okay then. Fine, fine. I'll do it. Just this once. Mi amo el masturbador. It's okay. You can call me Juan. And um, switching back to English before someone says something that will get us yanked off uh, the air. Um, it's the news. Nightmare or warning? It's Groundhog Day all over again. Ho, 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 green giant. Getting hotter, getting messier. Vector's vector hands victory to Sarg. Sarg goes where very few pilots have gone before. Hackswing walking by big noise from HIP to 2460. Divert your attention from all of that and look towards Hutton's space. And I'll look away from Hutton's space at all the expeditions. Following on from last week's horrifying entry in Humans Do the Stupidest Things, there have been reports from throughout populated space that commanders are waking up every single day from a chilling nightmare retelling of Salvation's finest cock-up. Whether it's the Gnosis avian cheese they had just before bedtime, 
overindulgence in listening to the dire news from Galnet, or some kind of warning beamed directly to the brains by alien intelligence, commanders are being forced to relive every second of the moment when humanity's silly decision to try and bug swat all Thargoids throughout the galaxy went, well, a little bit pear-shaped. On firing up their ships before every excursion, their Remlock devices are snapping into place and the sights and sounds of blue turning into green. Commanders being immobilised, gobbled up, probinated and subjected to all manner of horrid tortures, much akin to being forced to listen to dockers, are being beamed directly to their brains. Galnet forums are rife with people saying, Make it stop! And of course... Double rife with all the people suggesting that the escape button, a simple point and click, or the one of the keyboard down at your side marks skip are simple solutions to the problem. But other commanders have advised people to download an alternative video feed to their brains. This, of course, has led to some handy downloads, including the classic Rick Astley tune, Never Gonna Give You Up, which on this occasion could just be another message from Tharg about the hip 22460 Thargoid party system, Baby Beluga by Rafiki, or even Baby Shark on a three and a half minute loop. Is the cure even worse than the cause? Well, we leave it up to you, but recommend that you don't mix up your escape pod button for the escape one, as that will leave you floating in space. And with Tharg's minions on the hungry post-Proteus Munchies mission, you're in danger of becoming their latest snack. Over the last few months, we've been regularly reporting in Commander Floriana's M's expedition at the Eldritch Gate. But this week, news outlets that are usually behind the times have caught right up. The reason? They've found the Jolly Green Giant. Yes, the first ring green gas giant discovered in 3301 was lost. The pilot, Kelly Eldridge, had accidentally eaten the logs, giving the exact coordinates, and only had a picture out of the ship's window to go on. Undeterred, pilots joined in the search and using a complicated set of steps that include partial records from the journey, identifying which neutron stars were used to boost the ship's range, Star charts based on positions of stars in the picture and some complicated astrophysics began a complicated mission that's taken many, many months. The result? The Jolly Green Giant has now been found again. In Shawlai, S-H-A-U-L-A-I, DL-P D5-274 system. Confirmation being received by way of it having a little flag and Commander Kelly Eldridge's name on it. Commander Orange was the first commander to reach the system in seven years and, despite knowing that the final destination was inevitable, was much relieved that all the science, honking, scooping and jumping wasn't in vain and promptly using much more modern space technology was the first to map the planet, with ship launch probes being immortalised in the star logs alongside Kelly. Congratulations are in order to all the commanders who discovered the old and slightly tattered flight logs from the initial discovery narrowed down the search area and of course did all the science to make sure that the smallest volume possible needed to be searched. As for Commander Floriana's M, they're busy plucking the next needle in a haystack search. If you've lost a planet somewhere in the 400 billion out there, if you can't remember where it is and if it's even remotely interesting to science or news outlets, then you can contact the expedition leader. We look forward 
to their next endeavour, Ratchler. We are now at the end of the second week of Too Hot, Too Messy, the Hutton-led initiative to deliver Hutton mugs and Centauri Megajin to every single station in the galaxy. Commanders have been busily mugging and gingering their way through the commodities markets of the galaxy, making over 9,700 deliveries and are closing in on the 10,000 mug milestone. Tracked by the marvel that is the Hutton Helper, nearly 40% of deliveries are to stations that were previously unloved and unvisited, and where certainly no mug has gone before. Almost 140 commanders from over 50 squadrons are currently taking part. Of course, Hutton are blazing away at the head of the squadron leaderboard with almost 3,500 deliveries, with the Paladins in second with over 500 muggings, and the two-man squadron, the Undead, third with 370. Some shameless overachiever has broken away and is leading the charge with 740 mugs delivered. However, they are being chased down by a pack of ginger muggers led by Nem with 518 and Mouse 8287 with 368. Also being tracked are those who were supplying mugs and gin free of charge, lent by Rincewind Cymru and Nem again, each with around 2,400 units supplied. At this rate, we'll have delivered a canister of Hutton mugs and Centauri Megajin to every station in the galaxy by May 3309. How do we know all of this? It's on the Too Hot Too Messy event page at hot.forthemug.com forward slash hotmess2. To have your deliveries tracked automatically, you need to sign up by downloading the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com forward slash download, where your mug and gin deliveries will be counted for you by the magic hamsters and their benevolent dictator, Entarius Fusion. It comes in three flavours, Full Fat Helper, Helper Light and Online Helper. So choose the one that suits you best for your constitution and download it today. Is it me? I've lost a, a script tab. Hang on. <laughs> Seamless. Is <laughs> it gone? It's that one. Number so, four, Flossie. So seamless. I wish it was. This always happens on the fourth bong, have you noticed? Does ah, it? got it. Okay. okay. There we go. Ready? I'm going to queue you up again. Let's do the noise. Ready? Three, two, one. In our, own research, in our own search as to what and why things went a little pear-shaped in HIP 22460, we've received an encoded transmission that we're wondering whether to send to the authorities. Is it a confession? Is it a work of fiction? Does someone have a guilty conscience? All we know is that they're a fan of the number 8 the colour green and making strange noises in the bathtub before bedtime. Transmission begins. I heard the logs. I won't let him get away with this. The mantra I live by during the past few weeks echoed in my head as I press release. With a soft clock, the device was away, floating softly and howling softly and intermittently. I would like to know 
to think that I it knew its purpose. I would like to think that, in some way, it told the interceptors what was about to happen and where to strike. I would like to think that the Bright Sentinel didn't suspect a spy in the midst. I would like to think that, in some way, the victory was down to that tiny blue emissary of vengeance. Commander Vector 883, on planting Thargoid sensors in the frontages of Bright Sentinel the day before Proteus, failed. Commander Vector, you're a very naughty pilot and we know that the authorities are going to want to have a chat. We understand they're looking for an address to send the dry cleaning bill to as they've there have been not an in- inconsequential number of cases of soiled flight suit syndrome in recent days. Oh, oh but for your honesty, we'll be sending you a pot of paint and some colouring pens so you can decorate your ships. Mainly so that we see you in system, we know to stay well clear of all and any contra- controversies. Galactic Close Quarters Combat League was thrown into disarray this week after a new combatant entered the fray. They managed to bypass all the checks and balances that are supposed to pair up commanders with people of similar rank, though to be fair, so is everyone else out there, and launched themselves into a number of matches. They also managed to label their ship as a CQC eligible fighter managed to pass scrutineering and jump directly into the system. Now, normally, this would end up with a slap on the wrist, deduction of any points, and of course, a visit to the clerk, as well as a waved black flag for illegal maneuvers. However, the competitor appears not to speak a language known anywhere in the galaxy outside of ammonia atmospheres. That's right, a Thargoid rolled up its sleeves and turned up in CQC, shouting the alien equivalent of Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Which, as it turns out, no one was. Of course, as no one else is playing CQC anymore, well, only a handful, Thar rapidly got bored waiting on the matchmaking screen and instead decided to go back to the HIP 22460 system which is still teeming with pilots walking around on planet surfaces and and eating them. Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Haxcom Actual. Hello, Haxwing. By now, you've likely heard of the failure of the Proteus Wave device. In the past, Haxcom has cautioned against working with Salvation, as we did not understand the science behind his weapons, and indiscriminate weapons of mass destruction are counter to the defensive mission of Haxwing. In HIP 22460, we have seen the ultimate results of Salvation's efforts with the failure of the Proteus Wave device and destruction of megaships in the system. But this isn't I told you so. Haxcom takes the galaxy as it is, not as we'd like it to be. We still need to be prepared to defend human space, and there may still be survivors in HIP-22460. 
Right now, we need to concentrate on covering the retreat of human forces from the system and searching any wreckage for survivors. Note that all Thargoids in HIP-22460, interceptors and scouts, are hostile on site. This includes commanders on foot and even Apex taxis. If you are not participating in combat or search and rescue operations, Haxcom advises you stay out of HIP-22460. An additional warning, Guardian-based technology is being degraded by the remnants of the Proteus Wave device when in HIP-22460. Classic AX multi-cannons and missile racks are not affected, but as we know, they're not terribly effective against Thargoid interceptors. At the time of this briefing, we have not seen any counterattacks by Thargoid forces, but they have likely been provoked by the firing of the Proteus Wave device, and we should expect increased combat operations in the near future. That is all for now, truckers. Watch each other's backs, keep an eye on the signal sources, and always be ready to defend the mug. Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. Encrypted transmission complete. Well, it's been another lovely, quiet week in the Situation Room here at the Orbital. Not much to do but play with the Venetian blinds, water my spider plant and polish my rocket launcher. Apart from the usual trio of delinquents and clutch of overachievers, the only blemish on the Master Situation threat board display panel is an outbreak, and the opposable thumbs of teenage angst are closing in to pop that particular pimple. More on those stories coming up. In its regular spot at the foot of the table, Barnard's star is steady on 31%, but still, its citizens are evidently very happy and popcorn sales have boomed since every other faction is in an election or war, tying up almost half of the system's influence. Despite cruising along nicely in the low 40s until a couple of days ago, our most popular system, Epsilon Indy, has just dropped below the threshold at which Alvin pricks up an ear and stares inquiringly in its general direction. The outbreak in Epsilon Eridani has bitten the system hard, dropping the system seven points from a healthy 42 to 35 in just a week. The Mad Monks are a comfortable 14 points behind in second place, but truckers should relieve the situation quickly by shipping in quantities of medicines to the large pads and making a small killing in the process. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have five systems above 60%, and whatever Overlight is doing in Haggle stays in Haggle. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, relieve the outbreak in Epsilon Eridani. The community is a bit quiet of late, but we've had reports from these expeditions this week. Does the sun still rise in the east in the east? And passage to Andromeda. Still getting over his recent disappointment that Sally declined his kind invitation to travel to the edge of the galaxy to kick him between his landing gear, Commander the Presence is heading home, waving his Dysonator around as he comes. Goes, returns. Um, here is his latest incoming message 
from the Dulcis Sun Still Rise in the East in the East, week 24. This is my tussock. There are many like it, but this one is mine. And it is with huge relief that it still is, as I had an awful thought that my little setback, according to the lovely Flossie, may have cost me my codex entries too. I count myself very fortunate that I have that I have them, so can leave the Tenabre sector with my head still held high and all the geologicals counted and catalogued as they were before my rapid unscheduled dismantling. Thank you, Mr. Musk, for that one. It still means that I'm finding that the man, the moustache, the myth that is Commander Chicks, has gotten his name plastered on a Laura Laura systems. And when he does, his name is on all the best planets too. I'm still finding interesting ones too, though, such as Planet Zebra Crossing here. And I'd really, really rather be looking at this sort of thing or another bacterium than scouring the Pleiades and Vela Dark Sectors for new artifacts. Honest. Uh, seriously. Although I must confess to taking great comfort and laughing like a drain when Salvation blew his load and got owned by the Thargoids. I, I don't think that one's ever going to get old. <laughs> Unlike him. Progress is not good. Though I know that picture may not look like much, but that's 4,000 light years plus scans, mapping and exobiology, and dropping in at the odd notable stellar phenomenon. That's a lot of bimbling and fossicking about, and I'm just under halfway to my next port of call. Not the DSSA Spartacus yet, but another carrier that hopefully will mean I don't have to revisit the particular area of the Milky Way for many years to come. Until next week, TTFN 07. Starting a month from today, Commander Yannick is keen to have more commanders sign up for his latest expedition, Passage to Andromeda. This isn't the first time that the team behind this has put on an event, so you should be in safe hands, but let's hear it from him. Starting on 18th of September in the Lave system, Passage to Andromeda is a celebration of an, and a tribute to the exploration community of Elite itself. We are an experienced team running expeditions including the very popular Apollo 11 and Apollo 15 expeditions, Apollo 11 being the most well attended after Distant Worlds 1 and 2, so many commanders this okay. Sorry. Seamless. It's control key. Where am I? We can take over, Flossie. <clears throat> Distant world. So it's, it's, it's oh, okay. It. I'm, I'm back, yes. Yeah, there we Sorry. go. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so many... Commanders travel with us time after time throughout the galaxy because we know how to put on a good show and being typical of explorers, we all learn something new along the way. Remember our theme this time is you. Yes, you. The exploration community itself. The heroes that make all this possible. 
Our final destination is the closest star to the galactic neighbour of Andromeda, the logical jumping-off point for any future expeditions seeking to cross the seemingly endless waste of intergalactic space. This place is the mysterious Star One. We are an exclusive expedition flying in PC groups Horizon 3.8 Odyssey 4 and also on PlayStation and Xbox. So, with only one more month to go, sign up today on ADSM. Uh, do you know of any event that we aren't covering and that you would like featured? Then drop us a line in our hash correspondence channel in the Hutton Discord. And, oh, we're back in the studio. We're very sorry, Fester. I may have, I don't know, accidentally eaten some of those pictures, but um, some pictures were there during during that bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were, but there were some pictures. They were probably good. Fester's pictures were awesome, by the way. I think all we can see is that at the end, Flossie topped it off and won it all back anyway. Exactly. With a huff. She yeah. went for a huff. Oh, with added oh. engineered huff was, was perfect, yes. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Oh, don't apologise. <laughs> this, this, this is my turn last week. It's your I know week. now why I changed my press to talk <laughs> from control because it alters the size of the type in happened oh, to no scroll way. while I'm pressing the... So was it was it going extra large or extra small? Extra process? small, extra large. Oh. It was, of course, of course. Whichever way I scrolled my mouse. Whatever way so you scrolled, it was I'm the wrong way. I'm going to have to change it again. And I don't know what to, because everything seems to have an effect. What about your space bar? The space bar, no, that's, that's over at Frontier's offices. That's, that's uh. <laughs> Doesn't that make you jump? Jump in your seat as you're <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah, possibly. Uh, mm. Anyway, to find something. W- welcome to Hutton Orbital Live. Um, now, we're sort of live, apart from the, the rest of the team are over in the studio, and I'm not this evening. Um, as you can probably tell by the intro, um, I'm in parts foreign. Yes. Now, does anybody want to attempt to translate what on earth we just said at the start of the show? No, you don't, do nope. you? We'll take no, take that as a no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice to say, there are puns that do not translate to other languages. So what we had to do was take the puns and their rude meaning and put them through Google Translate about four or five times in a row, and then it came out with some words, uh, which may or may not be rude. So if there's anybody listening in Spanish, we really, really... Actually, apology officer, you can do this bit. You can do it in Spanish as well, because you know what oh, the words God, are. Oh, God, I need to scroll back up. You have to scroll all the way back up, yes. That last bit, That's after okay. the comma, after the comma. Ilia siento mucho, mucho. We are very, very sorry if you were listening in Spanish. <laughs> I remembered that. I didn't have to scroll. It was good. Well, even better, even better. Look, it's lovely to be back. And this week and Yo next no week... Yo soy marinero. Yes, el masturbador. Um, sorry, Can you just lean out the window and ask some sort of passerby Spanish No, person. the opening was... Oi, very... gringo! My, 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 my son, my <laughs> no, son Henry. No, gringo. Well, he, he's got the he's got the rolling of the R's very right there, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, Commander Chicks, El Masturbador. Yes. I'm going to keep going with this one. Well, th- there was a Frontier live stream this week. No, there wasn't. Oh. 
<laughs> you can't get me that easily. Oh, fascinating. So, so the sofa did not come back this week, and the special guests. No. And, Do no. I sound like somebody who's just had a minor panic because his uh, wireless keyboard has died, and he's just rushed <laughs> off and grabbed some new batteries and hoping they were charged? And no, I don't sound like that. At no, all. you don't no. sound like that at all. No, no, pretty, no, no not, not at all. Not at all. Not I think that's yeah. good covering that. Well, no, yeah. mm, good better than me. <laughs> Well, we're in the studio. We, we we have we have Flossie, we have Chicks, we've got the Apology Officer, we've got Amelia. Two weeks in a row, you're back-ish again this I know. week. It's getting good, isn't it? We are going to feed you some so, so tasty Galnet Rares <coughs> this week. Oh, I like tasty mm. Rares. I mean, Thargoids, watch out. This one's this one's incoming. Um, like use your loaf on this one. And and, and Flossie, we've got the, the return of CGs this week, I believe. You've got something to tell us? Yes, I have, yeah. Do we have double engineered diddly doodahs with an extra huff? No. <sighs> maybe, Nothing. maybe. I Not suppose that I know of so f- far. F- first things first, though, we do have to say a happy birthday to one of Team Hotbox. What, see, one of Team Hotbox, a former and current major star of Team Hotbox, Commander Venetia. Fo- yeah, a former manager, yes. Uh, he's old. Yeah, I know. He's, 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 he's ginger bits are turning into white bits. I, I know. And he's, he's, he's busy with no sleep and babies and, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. But um, happy birthday, Commander Venetia. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Sorry, right. I'm still thinking about somebody in their arm, up to their armpits. Can we, can we sing happy birthday to him? We really should. We really, we really do, should, yeah. shouldn't we? Uh, <coughs> apology, officer. Can you do the apology, la, la, apology la, la. first? Yeah. For what we are about to no, sing. No, 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 no. This is the <laughs> holiday version of the apologies. Oh, Ilia Siento Mucho, Mucho. Thank you. Right. <clears throat> Three, two, one. <gasps> Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday. The joys of doing this from a different country where I'm about three quarters of a second out from you guys. <laughs> oh, right. Is that all? You sounded like it a lot more. <laughs> what do you mean? I wasn't singing. I hit mute button then because there's no way you need to hear that as well. Right. Um, so I'm going to shuffle around the order of things here because there is we, we have got a draw for another Hutton mug this week. We've had notifications <sighs> from um, Commander Palantir, re- brackets retired. That we've had the details of Winnie 1974 in now, and they will be getting their mug soon. Brackets trademark. Yep. And we do have another mug draw to do in a little bit, but, 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 too hot, too messy. Mm. We are in week two. Now, I was hoping. No, we just ended week two. We're now in week three. Week three, okay. Commander Chicks, I was hoping by the show that somebody would have got their finger out. I know. I know, and we were going to hit the ten thousand, and we well, we're not are far off. Two hundred and ten mugs. Oh, we've got enough time. Oh, you're looking at it now. Okay. Two hundred and ten mugs short at the moment. So, by the way, if you're listening to the show and you're not delivering mugs, <coughs> go do it now, because by the end of the show, we might hit ten thousand mugs. But we've got some tips and tricks and what's going on. So, first things first, Emilia. Yes. We were a bit concerned in previous weeks that we were getting about seven gin and about ten mugs. But we have good news this week. We do? 
We do, yes. Awesome, I love good news. What's the good news? Well, it's, it's there in front of you with a big black dot. It's the first bullet, it's the first bullet point under two hot two minutes. Somebody give Amelia her glasses <laughs> That one, quick. that one there, look, there. See, Boom and civil liberty in AC. So mug slash gin production is up to 68 slash 28. 68 But it months. would have been much more fun if someone had said it to me after I... You know, been so excited about the good news. <laughs> well, well, it would yeah. have been yes, but it wouldn't have put you on the spot so much. And uh, yeah, right. So, um, Commander Chicks, the next little note on your too hot, too messy notes it's is good job. I put the batteries in my keyboard, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean the, um, about the dockable ports, or do you want to no do the thing? out of the corner no, of your eye? Oh, yeah, you need yeah. the next bullet point. Oh, sorry, yeah. Number two. Fine. I wrote that, that one, one there. Well. So one. the next time you're, I mean, some people get the mugs from Hutton Orbital. Some people get them off other people from fleet carriers and pick them up in space. But if you're at Hutton Orbital next time, just keep your eye on the exact time when you buy your mugs. And I, gin. I, and gin. Um, well, actually, I was only buying gin because I've already got loads of mugs. But anyway, um, you'll find that it's about 10 minutes. But if you land or look at the market before 10 minutes, I'm convinced it doesn't refresh for several more minutes. So I have this sort of hypothesis. Is this a paint-drying It's always thing. exactly 10 minutes. Well, I no, always time I, no, it. No, it, it doesn't, because if you... I've had it 25 minutes and half an hour sometimes. If you're, it's a bit longer. If you're over-eager, right, and yes. you get there early and you yes. start spamming the F5 button... The gin team say, no, no, you're far no. too eager. You're not having a gin. You've had, the, you've had too much. Things, you're not having it anymore. One exactly. of the things I was told as well is, see when you do it, come right back out of the, the station menu. Yes. Yeah. Well, you buy them, come out of the station menu and wait your 10 minutes. Now, the apology officer, you've been out in Edinburgh, haven't you? Uh, yes. Yeah. And when you not go out recently, in Edinburgh and, and you wander up to one of the bars there, there's a special breed of door staff they, they make in Edinburgh. That, that basically says, I think you've had too much. You're going to have to go and take a walk around the block before you can come in. No one ever met them. You never met them. Well, all over the oh. centre of Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, maybe it's only, it's only if you're English. Only if you're English. I think you don't drink, so it's, it's no surprise. Yeah, it's possibly to do with being English and possibly to do with, I, I'm not going to be drunk if I'm not drinking. No, no. Well, you see, I, I went on a stag do over in Edinburgh. and Oh, well then, yeah. We'd been, we'd been out during the day. We were smartly dressed. We'd been out during the day. We did a track day, racing cars around. You have to be sober for that one. And we went and we shot guns, at, at, you know, plastic pigeons, and we had to be sober for that one. And at the end of being sober and blowing <laughs> things up and driving sober. things, exactly, we went to Edinburgh city centre and walked up to a bar, absolutely stone cold. I've just been shooting guns and driving cars sober and went to go in. And they went, oh, we think you've been drinking you have to go and walk around the block at which point the stag party was like what <laughs> we have stayed off the sauce specially no and the doorman see, was having none of it see now if you could didn't hear <laughs> my brother lives you could have done all of that while pissed if we'd been drinking we'd probably been allowed in but we weren't and you could have sat in the sofa in the front yard and so we we think hutton orbital is a bit like that one if you turn up and look like you've had too much gin they're going to say no you're going to go and do a loop of shame and come back and see us in a minute aren't you I did find the thing to fix it was to leave the station and come back. Exactly, in a, in so, a different moustache. Which is why you're going to You just yes. hog, hog in the medium pad for longer. Exactly. Right, so the, the next thing on your list was um, 
when you land, I mean, there, there is an element of danger to too hot, too messy, because you can fly to a space station. It's fine. They say, welcome back, even if they've never seen you before. And you send mm. your mugs in But you go to one of these planetary things, and you land, mm. and you look around the place, and the lights are on, and it looks pretty, and then all of a sudden, something bad happens. Mm. Sometimes. Yeah, the scavengers, generally. Hmm. So the station's been knocked offline by, let's say, Rampage or Dead Meat having stolen everything. Uh, we, we don't mean those little floaty uh, Thargoid things. Not Errol. No, no, no. Not, not no, Errol. No, not no, Errols, no. no. We're talking about the good old-fashioned, you know, they they rob the place. Nasty mofos with guns. Yeah. So you land there, and they start running towards your ship en masse and throwing grenades and shooting mm. at your ship. Now, you've still got access to the um, commodity market at this point. So, yes, when you land, you do want to offload your mugs and gin straight away, because otherwise the scavengers are going to melt your face. Uh, but also, if you decide to hop out and rob the place, bad things will happen to your ship. If your ship's got 200 tonnes of gin on it, it's going to end up in a big fireball and all go a little bit wrong. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Amelia. No, I'm not going to. Uh, this yes. one's. No, uh, you haven't been doing this one. This is unfair. I'm going to go apology officer on the next one. So, there's yes. a new thing in the nav panel on the left hand side. Yeah, there's the gal is map, there's the system map, and there's a third button. There is. Is that the number of ports minus the number of fleet carriers? Uh, yes. So, there is a new uh, tab you can pop up which tells you how many dockable ports there are in system. But, Commander Chicks, dockable ports includes everything. Asteroids, space stations, settlements, fleet yes. carriers, yada, yep. yada, yada, yada. But it's a good guide because the mm. Hutton, Hutton Helper clearly works on a database of who's been there before. As we're finding out, um, nobody's been to 40% of the places we've mugged so far. <laughs> I know about that. The so, big number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you, I, I found it works exactly actually because I had one earlier today and it said seventy six or something, and and the helper said something like thirty four. So yeah. as you as you find new ones, you add them, and finally you reconcile the two numbers together. You mm. take the the number from the summary, take off the number of fleet carriers. And then just work the Hutton Helper number up to well, that. We, we do understand that if you apply the filters and exclude fleet, fleet carriers from your left-hand menu, that number goes down. Does it? I just I yes. just check it planet by planet. What I did find was I went into the system I've been working on, and it started with 15 targets. And it tells you at the top of your system, if you're looking your system up in Hutton Helper, and you look your system up, say it was Alpha Centauri, and it says uh, something. In mine it says 37 hot mess targets in system. And then in brackets, 15 starting targets. So it will update it as you, you're adding these. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I'm still not finished. I knew as soon as I got into the system, I took one look and went, there's that many ports and that many occupied planets. There is no way there's only 15 in this system. Yeah. No, it does. If you, right. filter, if you filter out the fleet carriers, it does knock them off the list. Yeah, yep. I mean, you I go to Shinwata Desra and it'll say, you know, 200 or whatever it is, 250 <laughs> dockable yeah. ports, you're probably Oh, wrong. no, 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 yeah. it doesn't. You can't, you can't get into uh, Shinwata Desra with a fleet carrier. Oh, it's a fair point, yeah. So well, let, let's go for, I don't know, Barnard Star. <laughs> yeah. There was 100, 150 so in Barnard Star. When, when Commander Shouty designed this event, there were 130,000 places to li- deliver to. Now... Having done some scouring, there are 182,000. Oh, that's do- not bad. We've done some well, sums. Well, we reckon ooh, there's going to be... 
250 to 270,000 by the end of it, which is comfortably double our first plan, which is yeah, why... Do, do you event- know what? Go on, then. Do you know what? You will be able to put your, your free uh, Christmas wrapping paper paint jobs on your ships as you're doing it, because we're still going to be doing it at Christmas. Well, yes, at, at the moment... or nine. Well, earlier today, it was saying sometime in May. It's gone back to April. Hmm. Don't forget uh, we started in March. <laughs> we started in March. So <laughs> it, it's beginning to settle down a tiny yeah, bit. 2020. Yeah. Obviously, the, the Hutton hamsters are going to have to be prognosticators about how many do you think. We think it's about 30% of um, planetary bases have never been visited. Which means 130,000 becomes an extra 40,000. Yeah, carry the one. Yeah, it's about 250,000. Here's the thing, though. By the end of this, they will all have been visited. Every single planetary. Well, unless somebody's been naughty and skipped skipped some, yes. But but, the people who run Inara and EDSM and all those other things would love us. Yeah. Amelia. Yes. There's a there's a wonderful three word phrase that it explains why we do all the things we do out there in space. Yes. George, think George Mallory. Yes, what? that one. Yep. Who, who's, who's um, George Mallory? Who's George Mallory? Mallory Towers. I have no idea. But you you know this three word phrase. We we do it because I it's, do. it I is. I shouted at the end of every show. Can you do a quiet version for us? For no, the mug. it's for the mug. And every single week since this started, uh, which means one week so far, we have been giving away a mm. real, genuine, not knocked off on Redbubble Hutton mug. Um, and it's about time we, we announce the next winner of the Hutton mug, the legit, genuinely original. Not fake, gonna save you from mods, hut and mug. I'm just looking in can, our chat chart to see a drum roll. I did, you don't think I took a drum with me all the way to Spain, do you? Um, oh, they got some over there. <laughs> I think I've got a sausage roll, would that do? No, I can't do that. Um, now I'm, I'm just checking the chat channel to see whether this commander is in the commander may not be in the chat channel. However, who, who'd like the honors this with Flossie? So, our winner, Flossie, this our week, winner, this the, week genuine hut mug is commander rocky star commander rocky star Yay. congratulations we understand I don't, that have rocky- a, don't have a bottle of champagne to pop the court but there we go there we go <laughs> commander rocky star you are this week's winner of a genuine hut mug i understand it was somewhere around the 50 mugs delivered and 50 gins Whoa. delivered this week that's pretty good so congratulations, Commander Rocky Star. Uh, if anyone, by the way, I can't, I can't see Rocky Star in the chat channel. So um, if anybody in the squadron or anybody in space anywhere can be friends <clears> with <throat> Commander Rocky, that's R-O-C-K-Y, Star, can they please find them and tell them they've won a mug and just send us an email over at Apology Officer? I took part at huttonorbital.com. And if you send us some details, we will post you out a genuine, original, not knocked off off red bubble Hutton mug in silver. Genuine, original money can't buy with the handle upside down special, <laughs> or it might be the handle right side up special. You it, just don't know. It could be now. Um, Commander Psycho Cow has resurrected his broadcasting credentials in the last week and a bit as well. And you may have noticed over on the uh, Gal Twit and Gal Book and everything else, we've been posting up. Oh, he's gone live. He tends to go live for about two to three hours at a time um, and does a request show. Has anybody taken part in the request show recently? Yes. 
I just missed the end of it. I went into chat. And it just right. Finished. Not at all. So um, what we've done with the Hutton Helper and Intarius and the Hutton Hamsters is we've wired up the Hutton Helper to Psycho Cow's radio decks, which means if in chat, anywhere in game, you just type the word request and then a tune or a tune or an artist, it gets fed automatically to the desk of Psycho Cow and you can request tunes to be played on Hutton Orbital Radio. Now, that's not Hutton Orbital Radio as in Hutton Orbital Video and Radio like we are on Twitch. It is on radio.forthemug.com and he will play your tunes. Um, we will be putting notifications up when we go live on Twitter and on Facebook and all sorts, but if you tune into radio.forthemug.com and you hear the dulcet tones of Commander Psycho Cow, um, then you can type in chat, in-game, request, and then a tune, and or a message to him even, and he will play maybe whatever you, you, know, you request, <laughs> unless he hates it, and then he'll play something really good, like Baby Beluga, or Baby Shark, or... <laughs> oh, yes. Stick song. The stick song. The stick, 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 sticky, stick, stick. Um, we have a message sticky, from sticky, chat. Stick, stick. I will pass a message on from um, Epaphos. Thank you very much, Epaphos, for passing the message on to our winner this week. Oh, excellent. Uh, so, um, Amelia, if yes. somebody would like to be included in the draw for a Hutton mug next week, next Thursday, what do they have yes. to do? Well... They have to have the Hutton Helper installed. Well, yeah. And bung shouty at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's money can't buy. Don't tell them that. Yes, but but what else do you have to do during the week? I mean, you, you, don't, you don't have to uh, have it. You have to do something. Well, you have, you have to ship the mugs and gin to places. But how many mugs and gin? As many as you can. All, but at the, least, all the mugs at and all least, the gins. At, at least ten. Oh, yeah, there's a minimum of 10, but don't do 10. Yeah. Do all ten of, of them. 10 of each. Yeah. Do every single one. Do all yeah. of them. But, yes, ten, 10 mugs, 10 gin during the week, and you'll be in the running, and you can join our winners, Winnie1974, and um, who was the other one? R Rocky, Rocky... Rocky Star. Rocky Star, yes. And, and if you don't have the Hutton Helper, you need to get your bottoms over to hot.forthemug.com and get yourself a copy. And the rest of you. I don't want to go in there and see a lot of bums. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, we, we're going to move on. Mmm, mug draw. Yes, well well, well done. Yeah. Mmm, mug draw. Stops you getting mods. Do we have anything else to add to the banter bit before we move on to the um, the Elboro that is uh, Flossie's CG News and hope that these buttons actually work? Aardvarks. Mm. And now, and with no further ado, but a whole heap of Aardvarks, it's Flossie. Aardvark! With the return of the Community Goal News. Aardvark. 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 It's Flossie. Hippopotamus. It's Flossie. That's weird. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. And the community goes. Hello. Flossie here with this week's Community Goals News. There were no CGs last week, but plenty of other stuff going on. And this week we have one new CG. 
Sirius requests resources for Alliance. Supplies have been requested in the Lisi system to help improve the infrastructure of the Alliance Defence Force. The initiative was outlined by Admiral Nicholas Glass, the representative from the Sirius Navy who sits on the Council of Admirals. The shocking events in the HIP 22460 system have increased the need for Allied systems to prepare stronger defences against the Thargoid menace. Therefore, we have begun to enhance the responsive capabilities of the Allied Defence Force. As a first step, Sirius Corporation will outfit new Sentry megaships which will possess the experimental axe weapons that were deployed by the Oath of Tindaras. The more resources we can gather, the more megaships we can prepare. These will then serve as an operational hubs for anti-Xeno engagements within Allied space. The materials required are energy grid assemblies, magnetic emitter coils, power transfer buses and titanium. Pilots who transport these to the chariot of rear in the least system will be rewarded for their efforts. In related news, Sirius Corporation's megaship, El Sentinela Cadillo, has completed rescue efforts following the disaster in HIP 22460. Under orders from Admiral Glass, it has returned to the Arimpok system from where the survivors will be transported to their homes. For each tier reached during the campaign, Sirius Corporation will construct one non-dockable axe megaship for the Alliance Defence Force, up to a total of six. These will be deployed to key Allied systems when ready. The campaign began today, the 25th of August, 3308, and if the final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering energy grid assemblies, magnetic emitter coils, power transfer buses and titanium to the chariots of rear in the Leasty system. And that's it for this week's CG News. Blasi told you what to do. Okay, so that that was that was evil of me because I, I edited the script live <laughs> as we were talking. I'll, I'll do yeah, this. Yeah, that bit. that always wants it will, doesn't it? Demons? Yeah, I know. And now it's time for us to attempt to be multicultural again and introduce the next bit. So, well, I do the next bit. I'll do dos cervezas, por favor. Oh, that was about I was going to do. Y ahora el momento del resumen de noticias de Gannet con los consumadores. Wotherspoon e Beetlejuice. Galnet News Digest, eighteenth of August, thirty three oh eight. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Sirius Corporation pays lip service to protecting the Alliance from Thargoids. Professor Palin gives us his thoughts on Thargoids. 
the Far God Cult, gains a new enemy. The very first green gas giant is rediscovered after seven years, down the back of the sofa. And Commander Alec Turner finds something silly to do with unclassified relics. The Sirius Corporation plans to build more megaships like the Oath of Tyndarius, following its spectacular success in HIP 22460 last week. Admittedly, the Oath of Tyndarius is now a smoking wreck, smeared with toxic green Thargoid goop, but Sirius feels like the best thing it can do for the Alliance is to build some more like that, with experimental AX weaponry welded onto the hull of an old freighter. The intention is that these lightweight megaships will become the operational hubs for engaging Thargoids that attack Alliance space. The Thargoids, if HIP 22460 is an accurate predictor, will cut through these new megaships like caustic corrosion cuts through the lightweight alloy hull of a Sidewinder. Sirius has asked for contributions of energy grid assemblies, magnetic emitter coils, power transfer buses and titanium to be dropped off at the Chariot of Rhea in Leasty, claiming slightly misleadingly that those who help will be rewarded. In fact, there are concerns that Sirius may be pocketing a large proportion of the payment it receives from the Alliance to provide anti-Xeno protection. The Chariot of Rhea is offering less for energy grid assemblies than George Lucas Station in the same system. It's likely that Sirius will be shamed into increasing the amount it's willing to pay, but its contribution to the safety of the Alliance seems half-hearted at best. The only Sirius Corporation megaship that went anywhere near the battle in HIP 22460 has returned to the Alliance Arimpox system, carrying the few survivors from the Alliance Defence Force fleet. No Sirius ships took part in the battle. A leading expert in Thargoids has warned that Salvation's attempt to wipe out Thargoids in HIP 22460 means that the Thargoids no longer view humans as minor pests. They view us as a threat, but he still has hope for our future relations with them. Professor Ishmael Palin is perhaps the galaxy's foremost authority on Thargoids and Thargoid technology. He took a close interest in the first discoveries of Thargoid sensors in the Pleiades in September 3301. Coming from a federal background, he left the Homeland Scientific Council to lead a research project. He objected to the secrecy the Federation tried to impose on his research, and other organisations also seemed to have objections to his openness. It is believed that Salvation's Black Flight mercenaries may have been behind the kidnapping of the Professor in early 3302 possibly in an attempt to prevent him from publishing his findings. He developed the early versions of corrosion-resistant cargo racks to further his research. Now, staunchly independent, Palin moved his research centre from the Pleiades to the Alliance system of ARC in 3305. It was the Palin Research Institute that suggested that Thargoids might live a nomadic lifestyle in huge hive ships something that old and previously secret Inra and Azimuth Biochemicals documents now seem to bear out. Following the victory of the Thargoids in HIP 22460, Professor Palin has committed his thoughts to paper for the Empirical Journal of Science. Palin is keen 
that we should not think of the Thargoids as mindless insects. He insists that they are a species of enormous intelligence and complexity, but acknowledges that we have little or no understanding of what it is to be a Thargoid, what their society is like and what they're striving to achieve, what makes a Thargoid happy. We just don't know. Despite Professor Albertezro's efforts at Aegis research, we have almost completely failed to communicate with them. We know that they have sophisticated technology that can rip a human spacecraft out of hyperspace for inspection. And we know that Thargoids are not hostile unless they detect hostility or Guardian technology, which they despise, or the human ship fails to drop cargo as requested. And although we do not understand their language, it is clear when they are waiting for cargo to be abandoned. They are like border guards, checking our suitcases. Thargoids are willing to fight if they need to, a trait they have in common with humans. They harvest meta-alloys and they collect escape pods. They have existed for millions of years longer than we have, and are likely to be far more sophisticated and technologically advanced. They may be advanced to a point that we simply don't recognise their capabilities. Palin is unwilling to use the unverified accounts of Inra and Azimuth research about the anatomy of Thargoids. Until we have peer-reviewed evidence, he says, we cannot know for sure whether the Thargoids are one with their ships or if they fly them from inside, like a human pilot. Palin wonders whether the Thargoids experience space-time in a different way from humans. Perhaps their hostility at the Guardians is because they see the ancient conflict between the two alien species as an ongoing conflict. But now, with the firing of the Proteus wave, the second attempt by humanity to wipe out the Thargoids, the Thargoids that have been peacefully checking our cargo holds for the past few years, may now see us as an enemy worth paying attention to. Palin says that now, more than ever, we must seek to understand the Thargoids, not to treat them as a hostile swarm of insects, and to hope that they have the capacity to see beyond our actions in HIP 22460. Both Professor Palin and Ramtar who is an expert on the Guardians, are keen to see further samples of the recently discovered unclassified relics, which appear to be Guardian Thargoid hybrid technology. The very first green gas giant has been rediscovered after being misplaced for seven years. Way back in May 3301, explorer Kelly Eldridge took a photo of a gas giant with bright green stripes. She described it as the strangest gas giant I've seen so far. On returning to the bubble, she retired from exploration. It was only much later that it was realised just how exceptionally rare green gas giants like this are. There are a few others, but Commander Eldridge's green gas giant was the first one ever discovered. Only Commander Eldridge couldn't remember where the gas giant was. There was just the one photo, some memories and a few handwritten journal entries that were at best vague on location. But this was a site of historic interest for explorers. They really wanted to know the location of the very first green gas giant. And so, 
Earlier this year, they resolved to use a combination of deduction, sleuthing and brute force exploration to find the missing planet. Commander Richard Fleurenes organised the expedition called At the Eldridge Gate to coordinate the efforts. It was a group effort, with some commanders working on recreating the probable route of Commander Eldridge, while others pored over historical evidence for clues. Back in 3301, the Discovery Scanner was both more primitive and more powerful than what we have now. You could see a system map instantly without having to use the full system scanner, but you had to explicitly fly close to and scan everybody, including the stars, to record that you discovered them. This meant that Commander Eldridge passed through many systems without leaving any record. Only neutron stars, which in 3301 were high-value items with universal cartographics, had her name on them. Knowing that Eldridge had stayed on the galactic plane, and knowing the approximate route, a line of tagged neutron stars was discovered. It then became a question of matching objects seen in the background of Commander Eldridge's historic photograph. The Lesser Magellanic Cloud gave an orientation, and the star density gave a rough idea of where along the route to look. And it was eventually a pattern of stars that looked similar to the Plough constellation that led Commander Orange, with an exclamation mark, to the correct system. He knew as soon as he jumped in that this must be the system. Just one discovered planet. A gas giant. After diligently scanning the entire system, Commander Orange was able to confirm, by taking a recreation of the original photograph from seven years ago, that this was in fact the original missing green gas giant of Commander Kelly Eldridge. Commander Orange has written a detailed account of the discovery, which is well worth reading. He describes the eerie calm of knowing that he was the first person to visit this special system for seven years. And now it's to be a party system. On Saturday the 20th of August, Commander Richard Fleurans, the organiser of the expedition, is throwing a party in the system. Shaolai DL-P D5-274 on the closest moon of the newly rediscovered green gas giant. Details are available from the Independent Explorers Association. You never know, perhaps one day there'll be a tourist beacon. The Anti-Zeno Initiative, an organisation dedicated to showing the Thargoids just how aggressive humanity can be in defending the human-occupied territories that in the past few years have been taken from the Thargoids, is not best pleased with the Thargoid cult's declaration of delight in the total rout of humanity from the HIP-22460 system after Salvation's Proteus wave backfired. The people of the Thargoid religious sect anticipate with a mixture of delight and resignation what they see as the inevitable elimination of humanity from the galaxy at the hands of their dark deity, the Thargoid, and his angels of doom, the Thargoids. They are, or rather were, split into three branches in three megaships based on their expectations for the afterlife. The Sacrosanct contained the upper echelons of the cult, those who believed that the Thargoid would turn them into Thargoids and that they would outlast the premature heat death of the galaxy. It was blown up by the NMLA last year with the loss of everyone on board, and there was no record 
of Thargoid angels spiralling out of the debris, so they were probably disappointed. The perdition contains the gloomy nihilists that make up the bulk of the cult, who hope for nothing more than a swift, painless annihilation at the hands, or perhaps tentacles, of their god. And the testament contains the latter-day saint equivalents of the far god religion, endlessly cheerful, well-dressed young missionaries recruiting novices to a belief system that declares everything is pointless, and you might as well just hang around on street corners waiting for the end of the universe. It is the testament that now has a new and more focused version of the cult on board, the True Chapters, and it is the first apostle, possibly the leader, of the True Chapters who expressed such delight in the success of the Thargoid angels in defeating the untrustworthy and blasphemous humans. By an accident of flight schedules, the Perdition was in the Merope system this week, and the AXI took it upon themselves to welcome the Perdition to Thargoid hunting territory with an impressive display of AX weaponry. The peaceful and fatalistic folk of the Perdition took their punishment without retaliation, and have since moved to Pleiades Sector AB-WB2-4, the site of the first crashed Thargoid interceptor discovered by Noctrak and Ihazovic. But for now, all they're going to see through the portholes of the Perdition is an impressive barrage of flat cannon and signs reading Get Off Our Lawn and Traitors to Humanity Not Welcome Here. After hearing about the million credits Professor Palin is offering for the new green unclassified relics, which are made by burning blue guardian relics in a Thargoid device, Commander Alec Turner, who claims he learned everything he knows from Ghost Giraffe, decided to hand a shipload of these relics over to Professor Palin in person. He was hoping for a handshake, a slap on the back, and a well done, you furthered the cause of science more than you could ever imagine. But Palin failed to appear for the promised appointment. That's just so like folk with flashy titles, isn't it? So, Commander Turner was left with a pile of unclassified relics, which the down-with-the-kids folk variously call grelics, trelics, or even garlics. He managed to sell most of them to someone he met at the bar for an incredible profit, or so he says. And he used one to propose to a hapless pilot he happened to meet. The unsolved mystery is why did he park his SRV on top of the concourse? And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. Thank you, Commanders Beetlejude and Wotherspoon. Now it's time to go over to Mia Harkness to find out who has overachieved at what this week. It's the Hutton Helper Results. (laughs) 
Bienvenido a los resultados de Ayutante de Hato. La mejor manera para mí de saber lo que estás haciendo cada semana. ¡Ah! ¡21! ¡Eres un gran bastardo! Right, that's more like it. The Hutton Helper results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free cockpit fridge to stick your head into. This week we have the following events. The It's Killer at the Edges Cup, the Factor 5000 for Ginger Commanders Delivery Challenge, the Scottish Commanders Go Taps Off Deja Vu Trophy, the Is It Hot In Here or Is Someone Trying To Boil Me Up Charity Shield, the Frying Tonight Bang Zoom Straight To The Prison Ship Award, the Air Conditioned Dolphin Tournament, the Pequero Boro De Miembre Dodgy Translation Award. So, if you smell bacon cooking, you've been in the sun too long, don't touch anything with your bare hands, and if you spontaneously combust, then you're disqualified. The Hutton Helper results are Comet Bond jumped 40,000 light years to come plus in distance travelled. Commander Checks sold 57,000 tons of cargo. Montgomery Python is our top mission runner with 520 mission points. Well, she's back everybody. Alex Zuno handed in 5 billion, 555 million, 555,555 credits worth of bounties. Rogue 23SOC handed in 553 million credits worth of combat bonds, and Rocky Star delivered 210 people to their various destinations. So, decals this week for Rocky Star, Kerry Gwiner, for Thargoid Ships Killed. We think he might be Craig Wiener or something. Uh, please email itookpathathuttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of a tiny battery fan for, your gra- for the fan that your granny had, and branding iron, and a mini milk case lolly. There have been 67 Hutton runs this week. We're settling in a pattern of reloading carriers with mugs and gin and making the occasional top-up run, so it's all good. Allocation of 68 mugs and 28 gins have helped a bit too. So, the top five this week are Impala Mark with 1 hour 23 minutes 14 seconds, Manu Warkel with 1 hour 23 minutes and 36 seconds, Attic with 1 hour 23 minutes and 38 seconds, Constance Flux with 1 hour 23 minutes and 42 seconds, and Waller 81 with 1 hour 23 minutes and 59 seconds. So you need to be under 1 hour 24. There's a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing mistranslated to and from Spanish. Chilled, mugged, gin, shipped, shot, rescued, looted, repaired, destroyed, bought, sold, squeezed, inflated, bumped, frozen, liquidated, evaporated, sandblasted, sponged down, smelled, licked, extruded, discombobulated, recombobulated, pilfered, rubbed, compressed, enveloped, siphoned, regurgitated, strained, fermented, poached, interrobanged, upcycled, violently downcycled, smelted, roboticized, and probinated. And you can earn yourself a very fetching hut and decal for doing it. To get involved, you just have to go to hot.forthemug.com and download a sign-up for the spectacular Hutton Helper, available in three exciting formats. 
Let's face it, anything has to be better than going outside and being immediately blown to ash like Sarah Connor in Terminator 2. Anyway, that's it for this week. Transmitido desde mi escrutatoro en el norte de Gran Bretaña. Back to the studio. No, you'll never look at a French stick the same way again. Here's Amelia Hawke with this week's Galnet Race Digest to tell you why. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities. So you don't have to. Here at the Gullnet Rares Digest, we are no stranger to creatures and plants with homicidal tendencies. The kinds of flora and fauna that have a violent objection to whatever it is that humanity has decided to do. Usually involving riding, eating or harvesting these creatures and plants for our own nefarious pastimes. So... It's absolutely no surprise that the notes for this week's Rares Digest come with a health and hazard warning. Approach with extreme caution. At a second glance, though, the rare, it's wheat. The kind of thing that grows in acres upon acres of farmland, gently wafting in the breeze, falling before the combine harvester, being turned into bread or or booze. Unleavened or leavened wheat and the grain it produces is about as innocuous as it comes. Possibly the biggest danger I can think of is if you're intolerant to gluten. Or or maybe a sack falls on you. The HR7221 system is, as ever is the case, the exception to this rule. It sells a rare item. Catchily named hr 7221 wheat. And it's rare. Not just maybe the loaf of bread costs a bit more than normal rare. Properly rare. And apparently there's a good reason for this. Not because it grows slowly or only in one area of a planet. It's rare as, well, we've taken the decision to make it rare as otherwise bad things happen. Home to three interesting planets and discovered by famous explorer Fenris Wolf, there is a water world with a rich ammonia atmosphere. Actually, probably not an ammonia world. That's an entirely different beastie. And its moon is an Earth-like. Nearby is another water world, this one rich in carbon dioxide. However, this system has spawned its own plant life that could be at home on Mars. In fact, the other name for HR 7221 wheat is Mars grass. It's red, bright, vibrant, definitely not traditionally photosynthesizing as if it was on Earth green, but red. 
which of course can be attributed to a combination of the local atmosphere, colour of the sun, and what suits it best for growing in this climate. And wow, does it grow. The red wheat is the most successful organism on the planet. When Fenris Wolf first discovered the system, what from orbit looked like a Mars-like landscape covered in red dust was actually a whole planet swathed in red wheat. It's edible, it's delicious, it's nutritious, and it makes for some really cool pink bread. Used in fermentation, it makes red and pink alcohol. In fact, if it was abundant, it would turn the average diner, dinner table servings into vibrant, vibrant, exciting things instead of stodgy pale browns everywhere. There's a but, uh, and it's a big but. There's a reason that there was red everywhere on the planet when, we, when he arrived. This wheat has attitude. Where humans can be wheat intolerant, this is intolerant wheat. Just under the surface of the soil, below where the stem shoots up and has a head of tasty red grains, there's an entirely different organism. A mobile, toothy, tentacular beast. Okay, it, it, it's small. Each cluster of stems has a, a root ball that's no bigger than a, a small terrier. But I don't know, look out over a field, acres and acres of it, and for every 10 or so stems, there's an angry attitude-filled plant sleeping just under the surface. The heads of the wheat have photosensitive sections amongst the grains, and they're tuned to just one thing, the colour green. They hate green. They'll uproot themselves and attack green. They'll smash it, devour it, destroy it, and in general ensure that anything green will not be propagating anywhere nearby. When the other native plants on this planet thrive in springtime, when it gets to summer and autumn, the hip wheat rears its head and its legs and goes on a rampage. Green stalks, lunch. Green shoots, light snack. Passing frog, total bastard has to be killed. Of course, Fenris and other early settlers made a number of rather obvious mistakes. Traffic lights were torn down. The annual Robin Hood reenactment was a bloody affair. In fact, um, mention of the town of Lincoln caused local plants to rampage and destroy cars. The last person to chunder on the way home from the pub was set upon by a gang of angry wheat plants and spent a week in hospital. Imperials turning up with emeralds and peridots in their jewellery were mugged by an angry-looking herd of wheat. The list goes on. There was, for a while on the planet, an indifference to Mother Nature, a group of lobbyists who promoted veganism, electric cars, and living in harmony with the planet. Yeah, hips 7221 wheat put paid to that particular green lobby. After a few hundred years of attempting to live without the colour green, local inhabitants decided that enough was enough. And using special lamps, flamethrowers and giant combine harvesters that were most definitely not made by John Deere, took the fight to the wheat and nearly exterminated it. These days, HIP 7221 wheat lives on small islands, islands that are very red. Islands where any algal blooms are rapidly removed for fear of the plants migrating. Instead, 
They're harvested by performance chefs for a very few special plates of food. Hip 7221 wheat is tenacious. Xenomorph tenacious. Even slicing and toasting it doesn't fully kill it. I've been served a plate of freshly grown greens. Some mock turtle soup, the green variety. Some pesto and asparagus spears. And my waiter is bringing over one of those domed trays. He lifts off the silver dome with his tongs, places a hip 7221 red focaccia on my plate before stepping back in a hurry. I watch as the focaccia quite literally sprouts little legs or, or tendrils. My bread is moving. It practically leaps across the plate and it's attacking the letters with extreme prejudice. It has thrown the pesto bowl off the plate, which shatters against the floor, and it has leaped on the asparagus. In a small red and oily blur, it has devoured the asparagus and is looking over the edge of the plate as if it had, has rolled its sleeves up and is wanting a fight. Uh, oh, oh dear. It just, it just poked one of the diners on the next table in the eye. Oh, oh the waiter has called an end to the uh, serving experience and attack the focaccia with a hip-mounted flamethrower. He's sprinkling, sprinkling salt on it. Anyway, this is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. I've met the total bastard of a plant world, so you don't have to. And I, and I, I tell you what, I've never been happier that I didn't order the Brussels sprouts uh, than I have at this very moment. I wonder if it's ever met a Thargoid. PWA. <laughs> Plants with attitude. <laughs> Plants with attitude. PWA. Oh my goodness. That stuff's evil. It's horrid. It's they're <laughs> vicious. Green. They're just horrible, vicious little terrier sized <laughs> tentac tentacular things. Yeah, I know. And green. I mean, anything green. I mean, you, you know, with anything that, green. I know that little necktie that I was bought for last Christmas. And, you know, it's just going gonna to rip it off my neck and devour it and then give it a kicking. <gasps> and oh. Social socks. Cecil socks. <laughs> Cecil socks. I mean, his oh, feet yeah. are in danger. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah. But anything green. This stuff hates green. Hates it must be it pretty. With it a must be pretty bad though if half of your dinner eats the other half of your dinner before you can eat any of your dinner. You see that yeah. sweater that Chicks is wearing in his picture I was on the just screen? Exactly. Mention that. My yeah, green he'd combat be, sweater. He'd be gone. He'd be dead. Yeah. They'd be all over him, and not in a good way. There'd just be a sweater-shaped hole where he used to be. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah, there, there's tr there's trouble in the in in the near future. I mean, I, admittedly, you weren't in mortal danger there. I mean, you were you were dressed in not green. At yes, that point. I was dressed in a, a very suave black. <laughs> what so if you got one of these things and it was colourblind. Well, there must be varieties that that maybe are oh, they're you know blue. Just attack it. I would just, attack, it. Yeah. I would just I, attack anything that was grey. Well, see, the thing is, is if you had a colourblind one there. It would probably try and attack all of its mates, not knowing which is green and which is red. Well, possibly. Mm. I mean, the, your comment at the end there, I wonder if it's ever met a thyroid. Maybe this is the new secret super weapon. 
Ooh, never thought of it like that. You know, chuck bread rolls made from hip seven two two. What's it for? Catcher. Exactly. <laughs> just just <laughs> lob red, red bread rolls of thargoids and I, and I hope it eats them. Is Chuck Bread Rolls a <laughs> descendant of Chuck Norris? Run into battle with a with a. It sounds stick. like there might be yes. a baguette. Amelia with a baguette. Yes, <laughs> it sounds like a ba- <laughs> you know a, a bad Cluedo. Who was it? Well, it was Amelia in Hip Twenty Two Four Sixty with a baguette. Yes, a pink baguette. <laughs> uh, like what, a baguette what? out of hell. You know, <laughs> boomerang croissants across space, or you know. I thought we were going to get through a whole day there without one. Yeah. What a, a, a boomerang croissant. No, a there. bad joke from chicks. <laughs> That's two in a row. <laughs> anyway, Amelia, you were relatively safe from this one. I mean, the worst you'd have got is a bit of a shooing yes. from a piece of bread. The, the chef had a, a hip-mounted flamethrower, so uh, I felt well not as safe as I should have probably. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. It, I mean, it should be no wonder in a big, 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 big galaxy, you know, 400 billion star systems with goodness knows how many planets, there are going to be some pretty weird things out there. Oh, as we've seen so far. <laughs> exactly. So um, he's doing it now. Who, what? A, a shoeing. That's, is that a pastry gag? Oh, dear. No. Uh, he's well, f- on a roll. I'll feel that. Oh, way. no! <laughs> Uh, look, Palantir has retired. We can leave the pastry jokes out now. <laughs> um, yes, and with custard all over my face, we, we, I suppose we've got to move on a tiny bit. Well, look, thank you very all much. You've, all you've managed to do there, I mean, all we've done there is bread contempt. <laughs> I'm not going to rise to this one. Oh, oh no. Now everyone's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> look, if you lot start, yeah. Anyway, um... Well, look, thank you very much to the presenters for, for joining me this evening. And uh, my apologies for the additional seams placed by me being in parts foreign and all of the awesome Spanish translation by the apology officer there. I thought I was Italian. <laughs> no, there was at yeah, but all you did. There was at least one compliment from somebody who said, oh, I, I think it was Spanish. Oh, no, no, it was um, yeah. old Joshington Bond. Yeah, I, th- I thought it might have been Spanish as well, but I wasn't sure. No, Joshington Bob said they were impressed. Yeah. With the Spanish. Whose, I, I can't tell. Maybe it was Chicks's or, you know, Flossie's. Henry, probably Henry. <laughs> Flossie, what was, it, what, was it, what was your name again? It was um, it, 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 Ooh, enormous, it, you, you've got enormous aldabas. Yeah. I mean, that sounds rude, but it's not. Those, those are, those are the, the brass logos. You know when you watch Labyrinths and there's those two on the doors arguing about which door you should go through? <laughs> those, those are what we mean. If anybody thinks we were being rude, then you're wrong, Okay. Hmm. Yes, wrong kind of knockers entirely. Right. Well, we're going to be back next week. I'm <coughs> now the studio's working. I am actually broadcasting from here next week. I'm going to maybe Japanese. What do you think? Should we go Japanese yes. next week? Yeah. Uh, Warakaramaska. Oh, come. Oh, I have two of them. Can we go English? <laughs> Is that Japanese for Dyson? Okay. Obviously, it's, well, while I'm here, uh, about 100 yards over to my right hand side is um, the local international food festival. Oh, God. Um, so you, you can it be local and international? What's well, it's, it's local, and what they, well, the locals put stands on and they hang a flag on it and say, "This is food from this country." Uh, so obviously, you know the the, the Argentine food <clears throat> there. They've got empanadas and they've got steak, big steak, lots of steak, and yeah, yeah, yeah and and they've got Dominican Corn Republic, beef. and then they've got the the British stand. Is it accurate? 
Well, I don't know what Patatas Manchester are. Patatas <laughs> Manchester. <laughs> but it's apparently just a potato, it's not cooked in any way. <laughs> so the, the lady who runs the, the British stand it's there is, tatties. does not speak tatty a, a single word of English. And so I asked what Patatas <laughs> Manchester were, and she shrugs and basically said in Spanish, would you, would you like some? I said, no, but I want to know what a Patatas Manchester... So I'm going to have to go back tomorrow to find out what... Patata- it's a pot- yeah, yeah, it's a potato with a Stanley knife. Potatoes. Yeah, um, first of all, 1902 has suggested that it, maybe chips. It, yeah, it looks to me to be Doritos stuck in green, which is not good if you're a hip two two seven two two one <laughs> wheat monster. But apparently, oh, I've got it, another. Uh, I've got another flower joke. Oh, go on then. Can, oh no, can, uh, Durham roll, please. Oh dear. Oh jeez. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so so yes, I I, I miss my uh, the, the the two uh, the thing is of all the wonderful glorious things you could have from from the United Kingdom, um, I mean, is there any Stornoway black pudding? Are there any are there any Cornish pasties? Are there any you know any, any of these great protected food? Cheddar, cheddar <coughs> here not, is bright orange. Not even glows, Wensleydale. Cheddar glows in the dark and is orange here, which is just very very wrong. So. Uh, Clearly, yeah, I need to re-educate them. Chernobyl, How they have it in Scotland. Yeah. Yes. That's how I have it in Scotland. Mash, they don't even have, yes, they don't even have mash or chips and gravy. They don't have even fish and chips. Given that we're on a seaport here and they can have the most wonderful bacalao, the most wonderful cod, but no, we don't don't even have cod and chips. We've got patatas Manchester. Yorkshire pudding's exactly flossy. They could have awesome Yorkshire pudding, no, but no. no. They, they've got Doritos stuck in green. And You're going to have to educate them. Well, it's no wonder the rest of the world says, oh, no, British food is awful. That's because when they serve British food, they make it up completely. I mean, you'd think they were writing, I don't know, the Galnet Food Digest or something. You know, <laughs> you know what it is, though, don't you? You know what it is. It's, they're just pissed off that they're foreign and we're British. Or oh, Steve suggested that uh, maybe Stovies. Could be. Well, I love Stovies. The, oh. but but the you know the thing is the two stands that have no one visiting them anywhere in the food festival are the British stand and the American stand, because <laughs> the American stand serves hamburguesas. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and apparently, apparently salchipapa, which is uh, chips with chopped up um, frankfurters in it. That oh, sounds okay. more German than anything else. And mayo yeah. on top. Yeah. So now it's starting to sound American. That genuine American food, salchipapas. Yes. Mm. Anyway, right. That's that's it for this week. Um, other than that, we'll all be. Well, most of us will be back next week. Is there anybody who's not going to be back next week? No. I'm Excellent. Go, I'm going to be back next week. Now, for the benefit of our, our listener, we had one or two first-time listeners <clears throat> this week. The thing that's about to happen is exceedingly loud. You so, if you object soon. to having your, your eardrums burst by a, a very, very, very loud Amelia, then I suggest you move your headphones away from your ears. Just give it a few seconds. You can still hear me. Move them away from your ears right now, because Amelia's about to say... Is it over yet? For the mug! For the mug! For the mug! For the mug! the mug! For the mug! For the mug! the mug! For 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 the mug! For
across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading out the teen eyes to the brim with thrills. Everyone's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too?